0: Think back over your life as I ask you this question. What are some things that you've really invested time and energy into? What you pursue in life reveals who you are. A few things really worth investing in are wise friends, good counsel, and a righteous lifestyle. When you pursue those things, you testify to your relationship with the Lord, and you set an example for others who desire to honor Him. Stephen called today's lesson, Words and Work.
1: What we've studied so far in the first nine chapters of Proverbs is, in many ways, an introduction We've been given the great importance of wisdom, we've been invited to pursue uh, wisdom, to dig for wisdom, to embrace the wisdom of God, and we've also been given some warnings about rejecting the wisdom of God. Now with that, we come here to chapter 10, where verse 1 repeats the book's title, The Proverbs of Solomon. And what we have here is the beginning of a rather long section of the book that gives us a series of individual uh, isolated Proverbs. Each, each verse or each proverb stands alone. There isn't any extended discussion. And what that means is that from here on, most of this book is going to be impossible <laughs> to outline. If you're a Bible teacher or a pastor or a missionary and you've tried to teach through this book, you, you know what I'm facing uh, right now. Solomon is going to touch on a number of topics, and he's going to do it rapidly, and frankly, he's going to do it repeatedly. Now, if you go back to 1 Kings chapter 4 and verse 32, we're told that Solomon spoke 3,000 Proverbs. So, here in the book of Proverbs, we only have a small collection of them. However, these are the Proverbs the Spirit of God wanted to preserve in his inspired record of Scripture. We're not given all the Proverbs. But these are the proverbs God wanted us to have. Now, let me say a couple of things about Hebrew proverbs. They're written in poetic style. And what you're going to notice most often is something called parallelism. What that means is the second line of the proverb parallels the first line. In fact, the second line often repeats the thought of the first line and just uses different words. Sometimes the second line creates a contrast to the first line. Uh, Here in chapter 10, uh, back at verse 1, we read, A wise son makes a glad father, but a foolish son is sorrow to his mother. Well, there's the contrast. Well, another thing to keep in mind is that a proverb is not a guarantee, It's a general rule, a general principle. It generally comes true, but not always in everyone's life. For instance, over here in in verse 9, we read, Whoever walks in integrity walks securely, but he who makes his ways crooked will be found out. Well, let me tell you, there are a lot of honest people in the world who've been mistreated. And there are a lot of crooked people in the world who seem to have it made. They never get caught. But this principle is a general rule. It it generally holds true in life, and that's why honest people live with the security of knowing they're doing the right thing. Uh, Crooked people, well, generally they're going to be looking over their shoulder to see if they've been found out. Now, as we go through many of these proverbs, I want you to keep in mind that they offer general principles to follow. Uh, Like this one down here in verse 12, hatred stirs up strife, but love Covers all offenses? Well, the first part is rather obvious. Hatred creates conflict. But love, he says, covers all offenses. That is, a loving person is willing to forgive other people. You know, some people put every little offense against them into a pot and they keep it on the stove burner of their heart. And every day they walk by there and they they stir that pot. They want to remember what somebody said or, 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 or what they did that hurt their feelings. So this particular proverb really creates a question for us in terms of application. And the question to ask ourselves with this proverb is this. Are we going to empty out that pot or do we want to keep on stirring it up? Now down here in verse 27, we have another proverb that Solomon has already touched on. It reads, the fear of the Lord prolongs life. But the years of the wicked will be short. Now, again, this is a a general principle. You live a holy life, and it'll generally be a healthier life and a little longer life because you're not going to abuse your body. But there are exceptions. This isn't a guarantee. I know godly people who've died young. And I know some really sinful people who just, just never seem to get old. Well, let me illustrate this general principle in this manner. If I drive according to the speed limit and I stop at red lights and I don't race around corners, well, I'm probably going to live a little longer than somebody who thinks he's entered a racing event every time he gets behind the wheel. I was on the interstate the other day and a guy passed me doing well over 100 miles an hour. He's weaving around cars recklessly. Now, I might be the one who gets into an accident at some point. And that man may never get into an accident. But in general, he's much more at risk of dying on the highway than I am. Well, that's the idea here. The person who walks with God is living a healthier life that's more likely to lead to a longer life than somebody who's living a a reckless and a sinful life. Well, now here in chapter 11 and verse 14, you have a proverb that, that offers a good reminder when you need some direction in life. Here's what the proverb says. Where there is no guidance, a people falls, but in abundance of counselors, there is safety. That's a wonderful principle to follow. Don't make important decisions without consulting others. God has given us fellow believers. He's given us uh, spiritual leaders, spiritual mentors who can offer you know, a little different perspective a different experience in life, some biblical insights that can guard us from making uh, the wrong decision. Sometimes you have to make a decision all by yourself. Now, in the first verse of chapter 12, we read this, whoever loves discipline loves knowledge, but he who hates reproof is stupid. Even though discipline or correction is humbling and, and probably embarrassing, a wise person accepts correction and, and instruction. Stupidity denies it or refuses it. Now, here in chapter 13, down in verse 20, we have a principle that appears often in, in this collection of Proverbs. Let me deal with it here. And it says this, whoever walks with the wise becomes wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. Well, let's apply this proverb with this question, who are your best friends? Who are the people you hang out with? To whom have you effectively given permission to influence your life? Are they wise? Well, then, their wisdom is going to rub off on you or the lack thereof. So choose your friends, your close friends, carefully. Now, here in chapter 14, we're told why good counsel and discipline are needed. Verse 12 reads, there is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way to death. I can't, frankly, think of a better description of our world than this proverb. People believe that whatever the majority opinion is, well, it's got to be right. Whatever our country legalizes well, it must be right. Whatever our culture uh, approves must be right. Well, let me tell you, what is politically and socially correct is most often biblically corrupt. Well, now, finally, uh, for today, let's touch down over here in chapter 15 and verse 29, which gives us uh, both a word of assurance and it gives us a word of warning. The Lord is far from the wicked, but he hears the prayer of the righteous. You know, I hear a lot of people today in our word talking about praying, especially when there's a problem. There's praying about, you know, this or that. But let me tell you, that doesn't mean God is necessarily listening Praying to God depends on a partnership with God. You can't pray our Father who is in heaven unless he's your heavenly Father. He can't be your heavenly Father, by the way, unless his Son is your Savior. That's how you get into the family of God, through Jesus Christ alone. And when you come to Christ, well, guess what? You begin a partnership. You begin, you enter a relationship with your heavenly father. I actually want to highlight uh, just one more theme that runs through chapters 10 through 15 and that's the topic of speech or or your words. There are few, if any, topics given more attention in the book of Proverbs than our speech. Proverbs has a lot to say about what we say. In fact, here in chapter 15 now and and verse 1, we read this proverb that uh, I want you to remember today. A soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. In other words, tense situations can be diffused by gracious words. Words can start a war. The right words can end a war. So let's, let's use our words today with great wisdom. Until our next wisdom journey, beloved, may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen.
0: Thanks for having joined us today as Stephen continues his journey through the Proverbs. This is The Wisdom Journey. Stephen is teaching through the entire Bible, all 66 books, with a new lesson each weekday. Subscribe to the Wisdom Journey podcast on your favorite podcast app. When you do, it'll help you pursue a walk of wisdom that's rooted in God's Word. Join us next time on this wisdom journey.